Today on Hardwired. So we ought to thank him before it comes, when it comes, and after it comes. In other words, we ought to be thankers. We ought to live in the Thanksgiving zone. And the Bible is very clear that being thankful is God's will for every single believer. Listen to what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything, in all circumstances, good, bad, and ugly. Think to thank. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, Well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, today we're going to be starting a brand new series I'm calling The Praise Zone. You know, the Bible has so much to say about the power of praise, our need to praise, that our God is worthy of praise and worthy of worship. And praise is a wonderful thing. It's how we enter his gates. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. So today, as we begin this brand new series, I can't wait to share part two of the message, thanksgiving, entering into his gates. So grab your Bible, something to write with, and let's really learn how to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enjoy God's presence 24-7. Let's go. A lot of people know all about singing about God, but they don't know a whole lot about singing to God. You can sing about Him, or you can learn to direct your faith right up to Him and sing to Him. And this is what began to happen to me. And so I got to tell you, my life changed through worshiping, learning how to worship God. So that's why I'm going to talk to you about living in the praise zone. Now you say, well, what do you mean by zone? Well, we've heard athletes say after a great game, man, I was, I was really in the zone. You know, a football player will be interviewed after a, a game where they really won. And they say, how'd you do it? Man, I was really in the zone. What do they mean by that? Being in the zone means increased focus and attention, which allow for higher levels of performance. So when a football player, for instance, says, I was really in the zone, he means my abilities, my capacities, my giftings to play football were at 110% peak capacity. I was thinking, I was reacting, I was responding. I wasn't distracted. I didn't lose my focus. I was totally and completely in the zone. So as it relates to praise, Being in the zone means increased focus and attention on praising God, which produces higher levels of power and victory for the believer. See, we ought to leave church saying, man, today I was in the praise zone. My whole attention was on God. My focus was on him. And I was at peak capacity in my worship of him. So first, let's take that lower step, the first step, and talk about living in the Thanksgiving zone. We talked about Thanksgiving before we have Thanksgiving. 
The Hebrew word most commonly translated as thanks in the Old Testament is related to the word for hand. So this gives the picture of stretching out or lifting up hands to God. See, it's not just something that Pentecostals do, but it is something that the redeemed do who understand. You say, well, do I have to lift my hands? You don't have to, you get to. Because watch this. The Bible says, lift your, one of the, when you lift your hands to God, it is a sign of surrender. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of reverence. So here's what I want us to do. Can you lift your hands up? Can you just lift your hands towards the Lord with me and say this with me? Here's the Psalms, Psalm 63, four. Since our hands are, are lifted, read this with me or, or repeat this with me. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Now, Psalms 134, verse two, let's read further. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Oh, y'all look so pretty. I wish you could see what I see. Now, let's read 1 Timothy 2, 8. He says, I desire then that in every place men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Amen. Then it says, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. Oh, they're getting a little wild in here for me. Hey, heaven's going to make this, put this in the shade. Now, you notice he homed in on the men. He said, I desire everywhere that men will lift up their holy hands. Why didn't he say, put the women in there with it? Because women do it so easily. But men, it takes a year to get a guy going half-mast. Because <laughs> we think, well, that's just a woman thing to do to raise your hands. Let me tell you something. David was a man's man. Real men worship God. They do. <laughs> These guys are God's frozen chosen. They sit there while the music is playing. They don't sing. They don't move. They are like wooden Indians. Loosen up, guys. God has hardwired you to worship God. Amen? Now, what is Thanksgiving? What does it mean? It's very simple. Thanksgiving is the grateful acknowledgement of benefits received. It's that simple. Now, you know I like to cycle. Last week I was cycling and I had a flat. It was the back tire. That's the worst of all. Because then you got to undo the chain and all that stuff. So I was real close to the store where I got my bike anyway. So I just took the bike and asked them to give me a new inner tube. Now they kid me in this store all the time because for the most part, I don't sense Christianity much in there. So when I come walking in, they call me father. <laughs> oh, here comes father. How's the bike ride today, father Jeff? And I've just gotten to going, oh, it was great, son. God bless you. I've decided I'm going to do something. One of these days, I'm going to put a collar on. And I'm going to put on this one of these long black robes. And I'm going to go in, and I'm going to go up to the main guy that does this all the time. And I'm going to say, I had a dream about you last night, son. <laughs> so they gave me the father a bit. But they went back there, put the tube in, and brought it out. And, and I said, okay, how, what do I owe you? They said, it's on us, father. <laughs> and... Do you think that I just said, huh, well, that's what you should have done and walked out? No, I said, thank you. Thank you. 
That's Thanksgiving. God does things for us all week, all day, every day. It's so easy to pick something God has done and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for answering that prayer. The Bible teaches when we should thank God. We should give God thanks before a blessing even comes. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, which is petition, and supplication, which is asking for mercy, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Well, why the thanksgiving? Because you're thanking him that what you prayed for is on the way. So you're thanking him before it even arrives. You're offering thanksgiving. And we should give thanks during the blessing, while it's happening. Acknowledge the God that brought it to you. Thank you, Lord. Here's the answer. Thank you that you brought it my way. And you know what? We ought to thank him after the blessing. Jesus healed 10 lepers who had terminal disease. Terminal disease. 10 of them were healed. One came back and said, thank you. Jesus marveled at that. He said, were there not 10? So we ought to thank him before it comes, when it comes, and after it comes. In other words, we ought to be thankers. We ought to live in the thanksgiving zone. And the Bible is very clear that being thankful is God's will for every single believer. Listen to what the Bible says. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything, in all circumstances, good, bad, and ugly. Think to thank. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, suggesting that to not be thankful grieves the spirit. If we don't give thanks to God as believers, we're out of God's will. So we are called and commanded to live in the thanksgiving zone. Now, the psalmist tells us in our text that the first step on the ladder to praise is this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? What are the gates? In Old Testament days, the gates are what led the way into the temple. You went through the gates, and then there was the outer courts, and there was the temple, and then the inner courts, and of course, the Holy of Holies. Now, you went through the gates to even get into the temple. The courts were the open spaces that surrounded the temple, and the courts are where the worship took place. The worship didn't happen in the temple. The worship happened in the courts outside the temple. So to get into the courts outside the temple so that you could worship God, you had to enter through the gates. And so essentially, he's telling us and telling Israel how to approach the place of worship. Put another way, how to prep yourself to rightly enter the place of worship. How to be ready in your heart for the worship time that you are there to do and be involved in. They were to enter through those gates with a spirit, in a spirit of thanksgiving. We could put it this way in our day, they learned how to get ready for church. Now, all of us today woke up and we thought, okay, what am I gonna wear to church? What am I gonna get dressed for church? Now, every week, Kathy and I have this thing. She said, what did you wear last week? And I said, I don't remember. She said, well, I do. Here's what you're wearing today. And, you know, so here I am. 
So but we think, I gotta get dressed for church, but let's take it a step further. The Bible talks not only about getting dressed physically for church, but getting dressed in your heart, dressed spiritually, preparing yourself to enter through the gates and into the courts so that you can have a great worship session. Israel and we are to walk through the gates. Now we would call the gates the church doors. There's the gates, there's the gates. And on the south end is the gates. We are to learn how to get ready for church and to walk into church having been in the presence of God and having thanked Him. Now, Kathy and I learned way on, early on, that the devil attacks you on the way to church. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. When we were raising our kids, and one of them's here, but here I go, I'm gonna tell on them anyway. We had so many spats on the way to church, me and Kathy and our kids. And we were driving along and we would hear from the backseat, mom, Julia hit me, kicked me and spit on me. And Julia would say, no, I didn't. Jeremy would say, yes, I did. And Julia would say, well, I didn't mean it. How do you kick, hit, and spit on somebody and don't mean it? <laughs> now, then I would look back and I would say, okay, kids, quit fighting. Kathy, Jeff, don't raise your voice. I'm not raising my voice. I'm speaking with authority. <laughs> and, and all this going on and we drive up to church and I'm the preacher. <laughs> and you get out you get out of church or you get out of the car, somebody comes up to you and says, how you doing, pastor? Oh, blessed, highly favored, anointed, hallelujah, kumbaya, hallelujah. <laughs> but all the way here, <laughs> see, we learned you gotta get the jump on the devil. He'll attack you Saturday night, the night before church. He'll attack you on the way to church. Now, how many of you can identify with the story I just told? Oh, there's very few halos out there. (laughs) Israel learned, I want you to enter through the gates with thanksgiving. All of our musicians tune their instruments before they come out on stage. Guitars all tuned every single time. Why? If they didn't tune the instruments, you would hear discordant sounds, clashing sounds, off key. We'd make a joyful noise, but nobody would like it. In the same way, you've got to tune your heart on the way to church, because you know what that does? It postures you for a maximum experience in worship. Enter through the gates with thanksgiving, and then come on into the courts and offer your praise and worship. So there is a way to get ready for church. So can I encourage you next week, remember this message and get into the car. And if you got kids with you, 
say, all right, kids, what can we thank God for? All right, honey, what can we thank God for? Let's thank God all the way to church. And think, imagine 2,000 people walking through the church doors having already had a Thanksgiving session. We get in here and blow the roof off because everybody would be spirit-filled. Instead of what some people do, Pastor, you better preach me up. I've had a bad week. Now, there's a second aspect of living in the Thanksgiving zone, and it has to do with our daily walk with God, away from church. When you get up tomorrow morning, you head to work where all the lost people are and the dirty jokes and the cursing and the godlessness. I pray for you, I do, because it's a tough world to walk into, but if you start your day with Thanksgiving, you are already walking out the door in the presence of God. Let me tell you something real important about Thanksgiving. The second thing it does, it delivers us from a complaining spirit. A complaining spirit is the opposite of a thanking spirit. It is so easy to be a complainer. And there are people who, no matter what happens, the cup is always half empty. You can stand on your head and spit nickels and do cartwheels and that person is still not gonna be happy. They're gonna find something wrong with 10 things that are right. The cup is always half empty. They're a complainer. A complaining spirit is the opposite of a thanking spirit. Now listen, to the same degree a thanking spirit will bless you, a complaining spirit will literally hurt you. The word complaining means to express negative feelings of displeasure, dissatisfaction, or resentment. And here's the synonyms, grouchy, Grumble, whine, gripe, and bellyache. Nah, nah, nah. When you see a complainer coming, you look for the nearest exit. Because a complainer has turned their tongue into a shovel that digs their own grave and they lie down in it. The antonyms of complaining are, that is the opposite of complaining, are to applause, to be content, to be happy, to praise, and to approve. Let me ask you a question. Who would you rather go on vacation with? A complainer or a thanker? The thanker. The complainer is always, are we having fun yet? The thanker says, hallelujah. It may be raining, but I'm not at work. <laughs> Here's what Paul said. He said, and don't complain as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now back up, hit pause. When I read that, I think surely he meant to say those who fell into sexual sin or those who murdered or those who did something really heinous. But no, he says, by complaining, the destroyer got into their life and destroyed, destroyed them. Now he says, these things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. What time is it right now? It is the end of the age. These things were written for us that we would not complain and give the destroyer an opening into our life. That's heavy stuff. Now, 
Numbers 11 verse one says, describes what they did as they crossed the wilderness. The people were assailing the Lord with complaints and bemoaning their hard lot. The Lord was roused to anger when he heard it. It's amazing. These people, they blow me away. As a matter of fact, I counted in numbers that chronicles their journey across the wilderness. Six major times, the contagion of complaining struck them and they majorly complained against the Lord. Six times. One of them is a mind blower. There were three men who were leaders of the leaders, creme de la creme, the top of the pack of leaders of Israel as they crossed the wilderness, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram one day decided they would approach Moses. And they looked at Moses and Korah said to Moses, he said, who do you think you are? Now, right there, the man is stuck on stupid <laughs> because he's talking to a guy whose face glows in the dark. Okay, this is Moses. He says, who do you think you are? We hear God just like you. We talk for God. We speak for God. Why are you putting yourself above us? Oh, gosh. And Moses says, really? Well, let's meet tomorrow at the tent of meeting. You bring, you guys show up and bring your family and bring your stuff. And we'll, we'll have a little meeting at the tent of meeting. Okay, because God will surely stand with us. Moses shows up and Moses lifts his hands and he says, God, if I have spoken your word, then let the earth open up. <laughs> it's true. And swallow these men whole. While he's speaking, and it closes over them. Now, if I'm there, and I've been anywhere near that complaining spirit, I am on the ground. You're the leader, you're the leader, you're the leader. <laughs> but do you know what they did? The very next day after seeing this incredible, horrific event, they complained again. Six times in the book of Numbers, they did this. The sixth time God came down, said to Moses, count them, and every man, 20 years and over, will not cross over the Jordan into the promised land. Their kids are gonna go over. The second generation is gonna go over. But the first generation is gonna die in the wilderness. And you know what did it? Complaining, not being thankful. So this first generation wandered around for about 37 years. Did this, did that, just waiting to die. I've often wondered what it was like when the last one was dying. How many people were around him? Come on, come on, it's your time, come on. We wanna cross over. It was the second generation that crossed over. It's amazing to think that complaining did it, but being thankful is part and parcel of what empowers us to enter into the promises of God. Living in the Thanksgiving zone will position you to inherit the promises. Now, what camp do you fall in? Are, are you grouchy, grumpy, whiny, or are you content, happy, and thankful? Say, well, pastor, I'm kind of a mix of both. 
I'm a mix of both. I work, I'm not complaining. I can't say I don't complain at least in rush hour traffic. I have to really fight it. What were those city fathers thinking when they made two lanes for a major city? I talk to them, they don't hear me, but I talk to them. But I work on saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you're good. Where would I be without you? Where would I be if your grace hadn't touched me? I don't even like to think about it. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website hardwired.org or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired. Hardwired.